Well, friends, it's happened. I finally posted a TikTok that got over 10,000 views. Let's all have a little a little celebration before I let you know that I'm actually considering deleting it. Oh, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know that TikTok is not a primary platform for me. I know it's important. I know that it is something that's just, it's just happening. Okay. Whether I like it or not. So I have been begrudgingly building up a video library over there, mostly just by repurposing my longer form content into short clips. And that has built me a small following there just in case, you know, TikTok takes over the world and I am forced to focus on it long-term. So anyway, a couple weeks ago, I clipped a TikTok from one of my podcasts. And I knew it was a bit of a spicier take. I had a feeling it would get a rise out of people. I'm going to go ahead and play you the audio so you can check it out for yourself. If you're a graphic designer and you're charging, you know, $50 for a logo, if you're a social media manager, you're charging $100 a month for social, whatever, it's the industry as a whole. And what that means is that now these clients, these prospective clients, they expect that everybody is going to work for that rate. And then when they get on discovery calls with other freelancers who are charging market rate or even a little higher, they might be very negative. They might, you know, just not be prepared. They might be doing the whole race to the bottom game and reaching out to everybody that they can until they finally find someone that is willing to work for that low of rate. So charging a fair rate is not just a service to yourself, but it's a service to the rest of the community and it helps us all win also. So my suspicions were correct and I knew pretty much right away that this TikTok was different than any other repurposed clip I had published before. My comments were going off pretty much right away. I was noticing a lot more favorites than in the past and it was just getting likes and views faster than I'd really ever seen any of my TikToks get before. And the responses were 99.9% positive. There were a lot of, yes, oh my gosh, I totally feel this. It's the same in my industry. Raise your rates. Thank you for this. Like lots of positivity. There was a tiny bit of negativity, which I'll get to at the end of this episode, but overwhelmingly things are looking good. But then I went ahead and checked my analytics. So my video views are up a lot over the past 28 days, they're up by uh, 72% from that one TikTok. However, my profile views, which is where somebody would go to actually, um, I don't know, pay me money, follow me on a different platform, do anything really of tangible value, those were down. Those were down by 3% actually. Likes were up, comments were up, and shares were up. Oh, and my followers were also up for a growth rate of 8 0.17%. So listen, I'm a marketer. I understand the long-term value of this stuff. I understand that it was not an absolute wash and that I should just, you know, be regretful of my decision to post that specific TikTok. There's a good chance that some of those people that followed me will like what I have to say in the future and eventually become clients or students or YouTube viewers or something that's a little bit more meaningful to my business's bottom line. I understand that. But in the short term, this is proof to me that virality does not have this overnight impact like I think a lot of people are telling us. So we're going to dive into that and the three things that I think you need to have in place before 
planning a viral marketing strategy. But first, let's take a second for our sponsor, Metricool. You all know that Metricool is my favorite tool for social media scheduling and analytics, but they also have a bunch of new features that they're constantly coming out with to keep up with all the changes going on in the social media world. And I want to tell you about a few of them today. So first up, we've got multi-posting, which helps with repurposing content. Multi-posting allows you to schedule the same piece of content to multiple different platforms at once without having to log in and out of different tools. It's amazing. They've also got an AI generator, which allows you to get inspired and write unique copy for your posts without having to copy and paste from a different tool. You can now view and reply to comments from LinkedIn business pages and YouTube accounts. You can also create a thread from a piece of text for Twitter. And of course, you can track where your traffic is coming from by creating UTM links for your posts right within the Metricool planner. And last but not least, for now at least, you can upload your custom cover for your Instagram reels. I absolutely love that feature. And if any of those caught your eye or your ear, I suppose, be sure to sign up for a free account. I'll leave a link down below in the description box or the show notes if you're listening on audio platforms. And if you wanna give one of their premium plans a try, you can use the code Latasha at that link down below to get 30 days free. Amazing. Okay, so here's the thing about the TikTok. I'm not like ashamed. I stand by what I said. But the thing is, I caught myself in an emotional moment. And I knew that's why it would resonate with people. I was fired up about it. I was like, listen, you know, even in the the, the full episode, if you were to watch the full thing, it was kind of one of those roll up my sleeves, like lean into the camera moments where I was like, you know what, we, we got to get serious about this for a second. The rest of the tone of the episode was not that way, I don't believe. And this is one of my problems, I guess, with clip culture overall is in order to succeed with it, in order to get ahead, in order to catch people's attention through these clips, you really do have to capitalize on that emotion, on that uh, polarization. That's really what it thrives off of. And I think that's okay, but at the end of the day, I want that to tie back to what I have to offer if we're doing this for business. Now, if I'm just doing this as a personal account and just trying to have fun and I think it sounds fun to go viral, that's a different story. But I'm, of course, running a business and that's the point of my TikTok. And so I didn't have the first thing, which you all, I want you all to keep in mind before trying to go viral is I didn't have an offer. I know personally what I'm selling. I know my, what my business sells, but that would not be clear from that TikTok. And I'm not saying that you need to bash people over the head and sell, sell, sell. In fact, that just doesn't really land on TikTok. However, you should be speaking to your key talking point. Right now, if you look at my TikTok, okay, there's a pricing rant. There's like random year-end recaps. There's me talking about like all different topics and I'm not really offering a solution anywhere. And I'm definitely not offering a call to action. Again, this doesn't have to be bashed over the head in the episode itself, but maybe I could have used the caption to explain that I have a free masterclass that teaches about pricing strategy so people can learn how to price themselves appropriately instead of just listening to me rant about how people are not pricing themselves appropriately. Or I could have left a download at the link in my profile that is a pricing study or you know something that actually helps people instead of just 
creating a space where we can all kind of commiserate. And I, I get it. There's value to that to some degree, but that's not really what I'm here for. And I want you to think very clearly about what you are here for, what you do want to sell, what you do want to do and make that the primary call to action in your profile. Focus your content around that. With that said, you also need to have a place for people to land. Now I do have my website linked in my TikTok profile, so that's good. But the problem is nobody went to it. As you can see, I would have loved to take this TikTok and said, oh my gosh, get this free class, get this free ebook, get this free download. But you know, that's how viral content works. I get it. You can't always get ahead of it. Sometimes you just need to get behind it, if you will. But I do see a lot of creators and businesses jump on the viral content thing because they hear that's how people are doing it nowadays. That's what is getting people viewers and customers and all the, these things, but they don't even have a website yet. They don't even have any of the infrastructure built to host a freebie or a free class or a course or a service or anything like that. And this traffic is all, I don't want to say going to waste, but a lot of it's going to waste. A lot of those folks will never see you again. So this could be your one opportunity to collect an email address, to get a lead, to get a phone number, to do whatever it is that you need to do to turn that person into a paying customer. So think about that infrastructure before you focus on a viral content strategy. Think about how you're going to capture those leads and make sure that it's available. If those people do want to take that next step and they do want to learn more about you, it's not going to be everyone. I get it. The conversion rate is not going to be 100%, but it might be 1% or 0.3% or 0.1% is more than nothing. So make sure to get that infrastructure into place. And when I talk about infrastructure, I'm really talking about a system. I'm talking about something that is repeatable that you can use over time. I have been obsessed lately <laughs> with watching the show alone on the history channel. I don't know if anyone's seen it. Basically they like throw 10 people, 10 survivalists out into remote parts of like, you know, Canada and Alaska and wherever and they have to survive as long as possible. They're left there with no food, no anything. They have like tarps and things like that. Just hear me out, y'all. You're probably like, what is she talking about? I've been enjoying the show. I am vegan, so I'm sorry if this part is, you know, insensitive to any other vegans out there. But what I've realized over watching a few seasons of the show is typically the person who wins tends to develop some type of a food system. I notice, unfortunately, the foragers, which I guess is what I would be, usually don't make it out very well because that's active. You have to constantly be hunting for mushrooms and berries and things like that. But the people who create fishing nets that basically fish for them every day or set out traps that again, do the work for them are the ones who tend to win. They're the ones who tend to get ahead because your food is like, it's your survival line in this show. And so let's, get out of the wilderness for a second and go back to TikTok. Same thing here. That's exactly what a lead magnet, it's essentially a trap in a less sketchy way. That sounds scary. That's essentially what a lead magnet is going to be in your profile. So you want to make sure that you have some system developed to collect those leads. And that is always there. And that's always available for people because the thing is, 
you don't know when one of your TikToks is going to go viral. I mean, like me, you might know, all right, this one feels different. This one feels like people are going to like it, but I thought it might be one of my better performing TikToks. I didn't know it was going to be one of my best performing TikToks. And I had no system put in place to actually collect any of those leads, any of those new eyeballs on my account, even though apparently there weren't that many on my profile anyway. So, (laughs) you know, lastly, just like in alone, no, I'm joking. I'm going to stop with the alone comparisons. Um, lastly, you really do have to be mentally ready to go viral. And here's the thing. This might be surprising to some of you. Cause I'm like sitting here talking to a camera surrounded by, you know, lights and, and all the things, but I actually don't really like being the center of attention. And I like YouTube because it feels like a conversation. I really like one-on-one conversations with humans. I don't really love being in groups and and YouTube feels like a one-on-one conversation, even though I am talking to many people at once. And the thing is I'm waging war against what, what I'm calling clip culture because in a YouTube video that's 20 to 30 minutes long, most people who comment, even if they comment expressing disagreement, they watch a lot of the video. They might not watch the whole thing, but they watch more than 30 seconds of a video on short form platforms you get what you get. You hear what you hear. And even though it's quite obvious that this is probably a longer form piece of content and that there is a podcast out there that you could listen to for all my thoughts, people are going to hear that 30 to 60 seconds, leave their comment and move on in most cases, unless something really, really resonates with us. We really, really identify that with that person. That is just how these platforms are. It's true. And so you're getting the most um, salacious, the most scandalous, the most spicy moments of very long conversations. And I'm going to be honest, I've even experienced this with, you know, people that I fundamentally disagree with. They sound 20,000 times worse on TikTok than if you were to actually listen to their long form podcasts and hear the, the extent of what they're saying. And so I think that A lot of people are not prepared for that, myself included. Like it was a moment of passion, if you will. I usually do not talk in maybe such a condescending way as that TikTok may have come across. I, at least I hope I don't. And I could understand how it would rub some people the wrong way or how it would just bring out that kind of constant one-upping that I think happens in clip culture is I could say the sky is blue in a 15 second clip and somebody else would say, well, actually it's black right now because it's nighttime. And I might've said in the whole episode, except for when it's black at night, but they didn't want to hear that part, right? They didn't go to listen to the whole episode. They just wanted to add their commentary and finish my thought for me or disagree with me in the comments. And that was their primary concern. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. So I did get one comment on that TikTok, which upset me and like made me very anxious And they basically told me that I was trying to do something illegal and come up with some illegal scam or scheme or 
whatever, um, to just create this uprising of freelancers who were going to do illegal things, which, you know, it's illegal to congregate with your competitors and say, this is how much we're going to charge to basically create some type of price fixing scheme. That's obviously not what I was saying. And I think it was even more obvious if you listen to the whole episode, but it did freak me out a little, like it made me, I don't know. It just is not a good feeling for someone to be telling you that you're doing something illegal on the internet, obviously. And I take what I do very seriously. And I know that people look to me for advice. And so I don't want to take that, you know, I don't want to lead anyone down the wrong path. I don't want to tell you all to do something illegal. I knew that was not what I was doing, but even still the comment did, um, I don't know. It just didn't sit right with me. And I know some people, most people would probably just be like, whatever, delete. What is that person talking about? Nobody cares. But if you are somebody who is just naturally more anxious or you struggle with some of those more people-pleasing tendencies, going viral is a lot. And this is not the first time I've gone viral, if you will. I know viral. I'm going to say that in air quotes because 12K is not that viral on TikTok. But I deleted my or privated my most popular YouTube video, which was an ancestry DNA test video, which, you know, that it shouldn't be a controversial topic, but talking about anything race related just unleashed a lot of emotions, um, and was just really a lot for me to deal with. So even though I enjoyed watching the video, I thought it was fun. I just had to take it down. So if you're somebody who also struggles with those things, it might not be the right fit for you. But I also want to say that having too much positive attention isn't always great either. I've said this before on YouTube, and I think a lot of people may, may, maybe don't understand it because I, positive reinforcement is great, right? We need it. We need it to feel good about ourselves and all of that stuff. But especially when you're maybe doing the wrong thing or just kind of ranting, especially, I don't always think it's great. We've seen this on TikTok. If you've followed any of the gym scandals, I don't know the account. I'm not going to call anyone out by name, but I know there was one person in particular who actually had to make an apology after, you know, she was at the gym and there was a man, she was recording herself at the gym and there was a man in the corner and she was alleging that he's being really creepy and like staring at her. She essentially kind of, you know, shamed this person. And I think one of the reasons that it was left up, it might still be up. I'm not sure. I think one of the reasons it was left up so long was because there were just a lot of people in the comments being like, oh my gosh, yeah, what a creep. Like, you know, just, just agreeing and, and giving her positive reinforcement for calling this person out, even though most people would agree he didn't really deserve to be called out. And this person did end up apologizing as well and writing a tweet and saying like it was too much. She went too far with it. And obviously I think my TikTok is a much smaller version of that. Like I don't think I did anything wrong, but it it isn't my normal style. And I don't I just don't think it was helpful. You know, if people want to praise me and say thank you when I genuinely give people tips, tangible tips, solutions, or when I say something that is meaningful, I think that's one thing. I don't know that that was meaningful. And I think that constant positive reinforcement for the scandalous, for the eye catching, for the spicy just causes more of that 
And how far do we go? You know, how far are we going to take it? Am I going to be screaming at somebody next time, telling them to raise their rates? Am I going to be crying next time on TikTok to one-up that one? I know I'm being a little dramatic here, but I do just think it kind of breeds more and more of that culture, that clip culture, as I'm calling it. And I think it's sometimes not always great, but even when it is good, even when it's genuine, loving, caring, it can be a lot. It can just be emotionally a lot. I had one of my good friends, Ryan Redute, on the podcast probably six months or so ago, maybe even longer, but he has a pretty big presence on TikTok. And we talked about some of the more personal sides of things, the more mental sides of going viral. And it was really interesting to hear from him because he makes Michigan-focused content. All of his audience, more or less, is here in our state and in our area in particular. And so he can't really go out to dinner anymore without having people come up to him. And while I'm sure some of that is flattering and nice, and I know he loves his audience deeply, it can also be a bit emotional and it can be a lot to deal with. And I've experienced that on a much smaller scale because my audience is global. So most people are not near me, but I have experienced moments that didn't feel super comfortable. And please, if you ever see me in real life, please say hello. I love saying hi to listeners and viewers, but I have also had it be done in ways that felt like a bit of an invasion or just felt a little too familiar. Yeah. But there was one time in downtown Detroit that was really kind of scary for me. I was yeah. luckily with Norris, but uh, I was walking down the street just getting my morning coffee. I lived right downtown at the time. And this guy in a car was just like, hey, Latasha, Latasha, just yelling at me out of a car. And then he was like, like racing towards us, like following us, you know. And I was it was really like trying to just like get your attention. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah. like, I, you know, I just want to tell you something yes. kind of deal. And Do he was like, want? oh, hey, are you Latasha from YouTube? Like, I want to give you my business card. And like. Yeah. He was, he seemed nice enough. Like, you know, if he's listening, sorry, but like kind of weird, you know, like you have to be aware of how you're approaching people. And again, I think sometimes people just are not prepared for their lives to change literally overnight. I mean, if you have something get that big, it can literally change overnight. I think sometimes we forget that there are eyes on the other side of those view metrics, those like metrics, those follower metrics, those are real human beings. And you have to ask yourself, am I prepared for my entire world to change overnight? I I don't know. I'm not, to be honest. I saw a tweet recently that reminded me of why I'm not on Twitter anymore. It was like, I would never hire anyone who's never went viral to do my social media or something like that. I just fundamentally disagree. I've, I guess you could say what, first of all, what's your definition of viral? Cause for me, I've had my ancestry video, which had several hundred thousand views and I've had a 12 K view TikTok. to most people. Those would not count as viral. Most people count viral as like being in the millions or whatever. So I guess you shouldn't hire me, even though the majority of my leads come from YouTube, which is this small system that works over and over again. The stakes are a little bit lower and it's a little bit of a slower trickle. And I'm actually a lot more comfortable with that for me and just how I am wired. I'm not shaming anyone who wants to go viral. I think there is a lot of power in it. I definitely recommend uh, having those three things set into place. If that's your plan, having an offer that's clear, having a website and just having that, you know, mental preparedness, a support system, if you will, 
but it definitely works for people. I just am not one of those people who really cares to go viral. I just, I love y'all. I love this size of our audience and I just want to keep hanging out and, um, doing our thing. So let me know what you think. Have you ever went viral? Do you want to go viral? Are you trying to go viral? Let me know your thoughts. And that's all I got for today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to Metrical for sponsoring the Freelance Friday podcast. You can use Latasha for 30 days free on any of their premium plans at the link in the show notes. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye y'all.